We're watching films on the toilet Cause that's what dads have to do When the movie's unsuitable for your kids Then pretend you need a number two If you need a break from your family or spouse There's a lavatorial picture house Watch Terminator 2 while you're sitting on the loo Enjoy the whole of Rambo 4 with your trousers on the floor We're watching films on the toilet How about you? And I strained my neck, headbang. Okay. Uh, so I went to the doctor and he said you have to wear a sort of collar. So my mum got some cardboard and wrapped one of her peach scarves around it. I remember. And I had to wear that to school. That's right. And there was a teacher called Dr. Rintel. He was very concerned when he saw me and said, what's happened? What happened yeah. to your neck? So I told him that, that I had strained my neck headbanging at yeah. a rock night. And he said, well, in that case, I have no sympathy for you and just walked off. <laughs> in fairness, Ben, no one had any sympathy for you because you were wearing your mother's pink <laughs> scarf around your neck. I thought it quite suited me. She actually used one of those dog collar things that looks like a lampshade. A cone. Yeah, do you remember we would pour food into it and because of the banked sides, it meant you had to eat the food or you drown in it. <laughs> we started off nice with uh, uh, Box and Maltesers. Then someone put in a jar of mayonnaise and I mean, it escalated quite quickly. I think by the end of the day, you'd eaten about six kilos of cat litter. <laughs> yeah, you do develop a taste for it. It's supposed to be incredibly Moorish. Well, and then funnily enough, you became so engorged with all the food that the neck thing got stuck on and then you were forced to go on a crash diet. Until my head got small enough to slip out of it. <laughs> Yeah, do you not remember when you had a really <laughs> weird thin head? Yeah. It was the same dimensions as a, a small fire extinguisher. It's just like like a cylinder. And in the end, it just slid out of the cone. And then you came to school with this deformed head. And Dr. Rintel was like, what happened to you? And he explained it to him. And he said, in that case, I have no sympathy for you. Hi, I'm Kevin Bacon. All-around American everyman. I had a great job. Perfect family. The big house. Life for me was tight. But then all of that was turned upside down. When an evil gang broke into my huge house and smashed up my toilet as part of a violent initiation ceremony. Unable to cope with the overwhelming loss, I decided to take vengeance into my own hands. So I snuck into their hideout and smashed up their toilet. This led to a series of dramatic escalations in which we inflicted increasing devastation on each other's toilets. Until, ultimately, all the toilets were gone. Even the small one downstairs, which I use for my heavy dukes. We were broken, like the ceramic bowls of our toilets. And we were forced to reckon with the harsh truth that a toilet, for a toilet, leaves the whole world without a toilet. Ready! We're coming into land. Yep, we've landed. <laughs> you got to match my energy. Come on. So hard. Come on. Come on, do it. Oh, I'm, yay, I'm all excited. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, this is watching films on the toilet with me, Eamon. And me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not doing it.
I'm not saying it. Yeah, well done. You can say it, but I'm not saying it. No, I'm not going to name you. I'm not going to mention your name. Okay. For the rest of the podcast, so. Then I shall remain nameless. People, okay. So. Eamon and this other guy. And me. We're a couple of guys. And we sit on the toilet and we watch films, don't we? Yeah. We've both got kids and families and work. So. Yeah. The only time we want to watch. That's usually a violent film. Mm. Or like a retro film. Yeah. Uh is has to be in the toilet that's the only time we can get away with it that's right that's we're not we can't watch them with our children <clears throat> no and yeah my wife doesn't like the violence my wife does quite enjoy violent films but yeah not so much the action films. she likes horror movies yeah cool so today we are going to be discussing 2007's death sentence whoop, whoop. starring kevin bacon directed by james wan so when we saw this film, Eamon, I seem to remember there was one line that stood out yeah. at the end. And the end is crazy yeah. and very violent. Mm. And it's kind of hard to remember what was going on. Mm. And when we came out of the cinema, you turned to me mm. and you said, ready? Yeah. So Kevin Bacon does say the line ready in the film, yeah. but not even in a particularly gruff voice. No. He turns to Garrett Hedlund and says, ready? Yeah. But I think you'd thought that because he had this kind of gruff tone to him mm. at the end, he said, Ready? Mm-hmm. And then over the years, that became more and more exaggerated, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, it did, yeah. Until fairly recently, <laughs> when we talked about watching this film, yeah. we said, Ready! <laughs> and that's what it became. To the point where you said that, and, and I was thinking, like, what the hell were they thinking, having him say it in such a stupid way in the film? Yeah. Why did he turn to him and say, Ready? <laughs> Why did he just say, like, Ready? He sounded like Macho Man Randy it does, Savage. Yeah, it's, but yeah, it's one of those things that's just become so overblown in our retelling of it that it bears literally no resemblance to the actual thing none at all more like macho in fact that may be it i was thinking of you know randy savage in spider-man says bone saw is ready maybe that's where it came from we we pushed the two together yeah does he even say that or does he just go bone saw is ready (laughs) bone saw is ready i don't know (laughs) you said that last one like cigar (laughs) bone saw is ready Anyway, death sentence. We're going to talk about it later. First of all, we have some uh, correspondence to catch up on from last week. So you made some claims about James Cameron. I did, yeah. I know you're a big fan, Mm -hmm. but you really threw away any chance of ever being good pals with James Cameron. Mm -hmm. Because you suggested that if you were his nephew, he would kill you. By drowning you. <laughs> yeah. And you, you're not going to believe this, but I actually mm. received a letter from James Cameron in the post mm-hmm. this week. Wow, okay. And I'm going to read it to you. I haven't read it yet. Okay. I'm going to open it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it says this. Dear Ben, not Eamon, I'm writing to thank you for picking one of my often overlooked films in your top five last week. Although mm. some people would not consider The Abyss to take place on a boat... We certainly spent a lot of time sitting around on boats while we were making it. L-M-A-O. Keep up the good work. I know how hard it can be to balance the responsibilities of parenting with creative endeavours. Being a father can be very difficult at times, but I-M-O, I have done a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. My happy, well-rounded and very much loving children seem to think so, along with my extended family, including nephews and nieces. (laughs) 
Anyway, I must get back to drawing those pesky Avatar sequels. Lots of love, Jimmy C. Kiss, kiss. Jeez, Louise. He didn't even mention me. He didn't mention you. He did suggest that he hasn't killed any of his nephews or nieces. I feel like he was overcompensating, though. Kept on going on about what a great daddy is. If you're a great dad, you just know it, don't you? You don't go on go on about it. I mean, this is your chance to turn things around. So I think maybe... you know, Ben, that it's not in my character to do that. I'm very much of the Donald Trump school, which is <laughs> if I feel like I've been slighted, even if that's not true, yes. I'm just going to continually escalate until it ends up in court. Particularly if it's not true. I'd hate to admit that there's something I said which is verifiably untrue and committed to an audio recording. Yeah. I'm not going to. Mm. So, James Cameron, I do believe at some point you will murder a nephew or niece and I will see you in court. <laughs> Good. Well, we'll see if he writes to me again, I suppose. But I still love his films. Yeah. And I feel like I've got a good shot at building a, a really solid relationship with James Cameron. Damn. I'll put in a good word for Thank you, please. yeah? Please, yeah. Well, All right, good. interestingly enough, we also have an, an email, and this is from the Duke of Edinburgh. Oh, my God. Uh, His Majesty uh, Prince Philip. I'll just read you the email, and it will fill you in on what it's all about. Okay. Dear Watching Films on the Toilet... I'm writing to you regarding the outrageous things you said about the royal family in your last podcast. You claimed that my wife's bowel movements had become so unpredictable, the only way to mitigate against this was that she must wear a giant tartan nappy at all times. This is indeed accurate. (laughs) The Queen's guts have become so completely unpredictable that the big nappy is the only way she can be left to her own devices without making a big mess. Things tend to be at their worst when she's eating things like beef rendang... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> things tend to be at their worst when she's eating things like beef rendang, pop tarts, rustler burgers, or a KFC bucket. I spent a lot of time trying to remind her of what will happen when she eats this stuff, but she just shrugs her shoulders and says that it's worth it. Anyway, what I took umbrage with was the impressions you did of me. <laughs> Whilst Abrams was a generic, forgettable, cliched impression of an old man, Ben's was so unbelievably garish and grotesque. I think you're being a massive hypocrite, Ben. You've got a stupid, dumb voice and you sound like an idiot. It sounds like you've eaten a bowl of so hot they've scolded your vocal cords. If I hear you doing an impression of me again, I'll run you down in my big car like I did to those two women in their f***ing Kia. Lots of love, Prince Philip. Oh, crikey. Well, I mean, you know, we've we've certainly been attracting a lot of attention, haven't we? Yeah. Do you think uh, you could pull strings with your new friend James Cameron to get me out of out of royal prison? Well, it depends if you keep suggesting that he's going to kill you in the ocean or not. Yeah. Which you seem unable to stop doing. So no. You mean he is going to think... he is going to murder someone eventually, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Again, perfect opportunity just to take it back. But you blew it. Ah, sorry. Give me another one at some point and I'll try and make friends with you. I think prison might be the best place for you. I know. Me and my smart mouth. Right. So, speaking of your smart mouth, have you got any toilet news? Of course I have. Oh, good. A brush with the law. Irish robber who used a toilet brush to hold up a bookmaker's where he was a regular punter walks free from court with suspended sentence. Wow. That is a brilliant yeah. headline. Thomas Griffin, 47, followed staff behind the counter of Boyle Sports in Dublin before threatening them with the brush handle he had taken from the toilets, making off with a tray of notes and a bag of coins worth 500 euros. What I'm trying to establish in my head here, did he mm. threaten them with the handle or was he threatening them with the brush the business end because i would 
put my hands up and say, take whatever you want, mate, yeah. if he was going to put that in my face. Mm -hmm. The handle, I might be able to take a little whooping, but I'm not putting up with any toilet brush antics. Because to begin with, I thought maybe he pretended it was something else, like a knife or a baton or something. Get popped it under his top. Oh, right. Or made it look like, oh, like a sword. Yeah. Or he's, or he's got a sword under here. I got one of those very short swords. It's made of plastic and it smells like <laughs> in fairness oh. if someone was waving the end of a bog brush in in my face and it wasn't my money i'd just say yeah take it I imagine it, he might flick the toilet water at you so i think that would be like his warning shot yeah flick it at you and say, i'm not gonna warn you i'm not gonna tell you again a little flick a few spots of, of toilet water across your face. Oh. Take a little sniff on that water, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, we know where the next complaint letters are coming from. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, sorry, look, Ireland. I don't know if that's what the guy sounded like. He could, he could have done. All right. So, how many sittings? Did it take you to get through death sentence? Uh, it took me seven sittings. Okay. How about you? It took me five sittings this week. Hmm. Okay. It didn't feel like a particularly long film. No, I think it, it whizzes by. Well, talking about whizzing by, time for the big wee summary. hey -oh. So this week, I drank 1.5 litres of Lamvino. Oh, what's that? Well, there's a drink called Lambrusco. Yes, it's yes. It's not that. It's worse. Okay. There's a worse drink than Lambrusco called Lambrini. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's worse than that. Okay. This is a drink called Lambfino. So is it a lamb-based drink? It's lamb stock and alcohol. Wow. <laughs> that sounds nice. <laughs> it's an overly sweet Italian-style wine that's carbonated. I mean, it's terrible, but oh. I wanted to do a big wee, so what are you going to do? So fizzy lamb gravy. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, despite the explanation wow. I just gave, it is lamb gravy. <laughs> yeah, that's gross. And you drank 1.5 litres of it. That's right. But Ugh. the benefit to you, Ben, is you've got a minute 21 to summarise death sentence. So you're welcome. Okay, I'm really going to try hard to hit that target this week. Are you ready? Ready. Go. So, Kevin Bacon plays a by-the-book vice president of an insurance company who has a perfect family, perfect house, perfect wife. And one night, he's driving the eldest of his two sons home from a hockey match. They stop at a petrol station which is held up by some masked gang members. They shoot the guy at the till, these gang members, and then cut Kevin Bacon's son's throat. Um, most of the gang members escape, but the killer is hit by a car. Unfortunately, Kevin's son dies in hospital, and he's the only one that can identify the killer. But at the trial, upon learning that uh, this guy will only serve a few years in jail, Kevin Bacon says he doesn't recognise him. And everyone's like, what? But later on, Kevin Bacon finds the guy that killed his son and stabs him until he's dead. Uh, the lad's brother, played by Garrett Headland, finds out and he gets the whole crew to go after Kevin Bacon. They chase him through a car park and Bacon ends up killing another member of the gang before he escapes. Garrett Headland is very cross. So that night he heads to Kevin's house, kills the police officers guarding the place and shoots his wife dead and his younger son who survives. Then Kevin Bacon wakes up in hospital and heads home. No one thinks to look for him there. So he has plenty of time to shave his head and look tough. And he roughs up a bartender, buys a lot of guns, and then heads to the gang leader's abandoned mental hospital hideout to face the gang. He goes to town on them, blowing off legs, fingers, all sorts, until he's shot up by Garrett Headland. Um, and after sitting on a bench with him for a while, 
he kills him and heads home to watch some home videos of his family as he bleeds to death on the couch. Lol. <laughs> okay, well, that was 1 minute 42 there. So Oh, that was way too long. 20 second overrun, but very thorough summary. So well done. Thanks, mate. What did you, first of all, what do you think about Nick Hume? the Kevin Bacon character? I think Kevin Bacon was terrific. It's definitely the standout performance of the film. Mm. Um, and I think he holds it all together. He's very believable as just a normal guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, a risk assessor yeah. for an insurance company. He loves his kids. And he's devastated, obviously, when one of them is murdered. And then he goes on this revenge mission, doesn't he? But it's very clumsy. He doesn't become the Terminator. He doesn't become particularly skilled in martial arts. His fighting style is basically run into people, try and knock them to the floor yeah. and give them a duffin. And when he's using the guns, I mean, there's a lot of shooting in this film, but 90% of the shots miss. Mm-hmm. It's very clumsy violence, which I liked. As he's gradually broken, he doesn't become invincible. He just becomes a complete shell of a man with nothing to lose. And I thought Bacon did a really good job. One thing that I kept on thinking about was Walter White, because he has a similar journey from... uh, You told me this, I think. Vince Gilligan said he wanted to take Mr. Chips and turn him into Scarface. But it takes six series to do that. It It takes a long old time to make that transition a believable one. And I think the one thing I struggled with with that character is how quickly he goes from mild and meek to to psycho on a rampage and whilst you're right there was a lot of like clumsy gun toting i think even then he had a proficiency with them which seemed too too slick there's a really good film is it blue ruin yes blue ruin is this this brilliant film which is very very similar i think it sort of spins out mm. into this kind of tit for tat retaliation but that film felt far more believable yeah because that guy genuinely has no idea what he's doing and he's scared yeah and keeps on making mistakes and people get get hurt but he's not like a badass with a gun that is a far more sort of realistic film isn't it yeah i mean even you know the way it's shot do you think that this film has a very specific target audience which is white conservative american men yeah because it basically plays on all their fears which is there's these horrible gangs of people who are out to get you and your family and one day they are gonna burst into your family home and gun down all of them so you better have a big pile of guns ready yeah i mean you talked about how bacon transforms into this vessel of vengeance Mm -hmm. but at the end i mean when he shaves his head he does he looks ill he doesn't look cool he looks really ill they did a great job with that because they leave like loads of tufts everywhere he looks like de niro from that frankenstein film (laughs) you remember that um it's that kind of makeup he he just looks dreadful but yeah, it's a little all over the place. Yeah. But I think it's a B-movie, isn't it? It's not presented in a particularly realistic way. And I do feel like, in the end, it's not encouraging violence. His actions have pretty terrible consequences. It's his fault that the other surviving members of his family yeah. are shot. As you say, it has the B-movie sensibilities. For example, when he meets the lawyer before the trial, the lawyer's really dismissive of Kevin Bacon, just going, yeah. well, I, mean, I can only take you at your word. You know, you say it was this guy, but there's no, no other witnesses. Yeah. Um, so I can get him like three years in prison and you'll be you'll be really grateful for that. So just shut up and, and let's do it. Yeah. No lawyer would behave that way 
way in front of a recently bereaved parent. It just wouldn't happen. No. And there's the police officer as well who's in charge of the case. There's that part where she, she warns Kevin Bacon that if he continues with this, it's all going to backfire. And after his wife is shot dead and his son is put in a coma, she's standing in the doorway when he comes round and like looks at him like, See? I told you. <laughs> I forget the name of the actress, but she's good. She's called Aisha Tyler? Yeah, that's right. She's really funny. She's the host of Whose Line Is It Anyway in the US, and she's Lana and Archer. She's a really good actress. She speaks only in cliches in this film. Yeah, the whole supporting cast. There are no other believable or fleshed out characters at all no i'd say john goodman is probably the worst of the bunch he plays just this hideous father who is just horrible seemingly for no reason my feeling is that that originally was just written as a different character but somewhere along the line someone went well you know this is all about like parenthood and responsibility we should make him a parent as well Mm. to contrast against kevin bacon yeah but by doing so, they made the character's yeah. behaviour completely nonsensical. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense at all. So yeah, you've got the father figures and then you've got the brothers as well, haven't you? So you've got the older, cooler, uh, hockey-playing brother. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the younger, dork brother, mm-hmm. which is actually in complete contrast to your relationship with your younger brother, isn't it? Because your younger brother is much cooler uh, and talented and more attractive than you. I mean, I wish I could argue, but I've actually made peace with this a long time ago. There's nothing you can do about it. It's part of the reason you did this podcast, wasn't it? To impress It's him. the only reason I've done it. Impressing my brother on the toilet. Yeah, I, I'll often try and like sound him out about like things I think he, he might think are cool. Yeah. So I'll be like, oh, what do you think about uh, what do you think about video games? What do you think about podcasts? Do you like podcasts? Yeah. Do you ever listen to a podcast? And be like yeah maybe he had pictures of himself on a yacht recently yeah he's pictures on a yacht yeah. he goes to ibiza but like the cool part of ibiza what do you think about extreme sports <laughs> got all these rollerblades do you think do you think they're cool or like not cool i guess i don't know <laughs> prince philip sent me a letter because i said his wife wears a nappy is that cool or that make me should, cool. I, should i rein it in <laughs> yeah yeah he's he's also like a dj and he's like a taller, thinner version of me. Yeah. But mostly the one thing he doesn't have that I have is my mm. uh, acid sharp wit. Yeah. So moving on, let's talk about Billy Darley. This is really interesting because I remember loving this film when we first saw it. And when I watched watched mm. it again now, I was quite disappointed with pretty much all of it. Right. Including Billy Darley. So I saw him in Tron. And I also saw him in Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Yeah. And I didn't think he was bad in either of those. But in this, I was just completely unconvinced that he was this scary bad man that everyone should be scared of. It made me think of someone like Danny Trejo is super convincing as a bad guy. Yeah, because because he was an actual... Because he's an actual bad guy, yeah. Yeah. And he just looks, has the face and the mannerisms and the tattoos. Whereas this, I kept on thinking, like, this is like a stage school kid. He's too handsome. Putting on an accent and he just doesn't have the the gravity to play like a really scary bad guy. I think that's a lot to do with the character as well. There's not a lot for him to play off. He did shave his head, so... Well, that's all you can do, isn't it? Shave your head and, and grow yeah. a goatee. Well, I did that when I was 23, and you were very intimidated mm. by me. Well, this is something that the listeners won't, of course, mm. realise, but you legit look exactly like Kevin Bacon, that's don't you? That's what you think. Because it's um, true. I'm looking at myself now, I think, yeah, I do look quite a bit like Kevin Bacon. Yeah, 
And yeah. Kevin Bacon, like, I'm, I'm fine with that. Well, I mean, let's caveat that with the fact it's not Kevin Bacon when he's looking really handsome at the beginning of the film. It's like the haggard, gross bacon at the end. Yeah, when you say I look like Kevin Bacon, you mean I've got most of my hair shaved off and a massive stapled scar running all the way down the back of my head. That's right, yeah. 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 You, I mean, doing this over a podcast is probably not the best time, but it, we do need to have a chat about your general appearance. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not good. Whenever my hair grows longer, I do cut it myself with scissors and then it, you know, sorts it out. Are you saying that it doesn't look good? Well, I think the huge scar you have running down the, the side of your scalp is not good. That's not my fault, is it? I mean, I appreciate that an anvil fell on your head. <laughs> It was really heavy. Well, it was really heavy, but also everyone laughed because that doesn't happen outside of a cartoon. (laughs) And when you kept on saying, please help me, an anvil was falling on my head, bystanders would just laugh. I've wondered for a long time where that anvil came from because they're Mm. not easy to get hold of. And I'm thinking maybe some kind of stunt that you put together. Am I wrong? Well... I'd love to take credit for it, but um, I looked into buying an anvil and they're just too expensive. And whilst I'd love to drop an anvil on your head, I just don't have the finances to make that happen. Oh, the mystery of the person who dropped the anvil on my head shall forever remain unsolved. Well, I mean, we'll put it to our listeners. If you think you might know who dropped the anvil on Ben's head, hit us up on the social media. Let us know. Intriguing. Hmm. Well, you know, it's done wonders for my general appearance, I think. You seem to think not. But... Do you remember it became the cornerstone? of my best man speech at your wedding. What, the anvil? When I, not the anvil, the fact that you look like Kevin Bacon. Yes, it did. And I kept on saying over and over again, Ben looks like Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I do remember that. And then at the end, all your relatives came up to me and were like whispering in my ear, he does look like Kevin Bacon. You're right. Did he? He does look like that Kevin's bacon. But yeah, uh, true fact, Ben does look like Kevin Bacon. And I would say a somewhat handsome version yeah. of Kevin Bacon. But bear in mind, Kevin Bacon is Hollywood ugly. So <laughs> take from that what you wish. You know what? I'll take it. You'd take anything, wouldn't you? Mate, I'd take John Goodman with his big round glasses on. I, I don't mind. John Goodman, I thought, had a greasy, breathless Steve Bannon quality to he him. He did, yes. yeah. He looked like Steve Bannon, but with lower blood pressure. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so the film was directed by James Wan. He had a great deal of success with the first Saw film, which was written by Lee Whannell. They met at film school in Australia. So Saw had a million dollar budget and it went on to make over a hundred million dollars. He actually released another film in 2007 called Dead Silence, Hmm. which was a complete flop. That was written by Lee Whannell and they had a much bigger budget for that, but it didn't do very well. And I think when they were making that, James once got this script for Death Sentence, and he, he got very excited about it. Um, Lee Whannell is in Death Sentence. He plays the gangster in the truck that Kevin Bacon drives into, and it, it smashes in half. But yeah, I felt like this film was James Wan playing around with uh, a lot of different techniques and experimenting with lots of different things, mm. some of which work very well, some of which... Maybe not so much. Yeah. What doesn't work, I think, at any of the scenes involving grief, he sort of pulled away when anyone was sad, uh, which I but thought the was... opposite of what you should do. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, people crying, mm. pull away. And also the music really, over the emotional yeah. scenes. I was... thought it reminded me of like bad Christian rock. Yeah. That kind of emotional grieving stuff. It didn't work. And obviously that's quite an important big part of the film. Yeah. But what I did think worked were the action se- sequences, the set pieces. Mm-hmm. In particular, there's a scene where Kevin Bacon is pursued by the gang and they follow him into a car park. Yeah. James Wan really, he throws everything at it. 
uh, there's these big wide lens shots, which kind of gives this fisheye effect. Yeah. There's really low angle ones looking up. There's a roving camera. He does these these swipe edits throughout. And then he does this one take sequence in the car park, which I thought was really effective. Mm. And another thing I liked is that although the editing is quite choppy, you still have a good sense of the geography of the chase. There's these checkpoints he uses throughout. So there's like doors and boxes and different environments and the low camera captures the pipes on the ceiling. So you, even though it's all moving very quickly, you can still tell where they are. Yeah, no, I thought that was by far the mm. best scene in the, in the whole film. And I think that tracking shot is the perfect example, actually, of when to use yeah. a shot like that. Because you have quite quick cuts before the precede it during the chase which create this energy and then you have this three minute sequence where you're following kevin bacon through the car park and then cut you know and then the camera floats back to see where these other guys are and it gives you an amazing sense of the cat and mouse chase yeah and that and it really heightens the tension so i think that that was amazing and it ends brilliantly maybe this because it's quite an old film now but i thought Mm. Some of the dynamic camera moves that made it look quite cheap. Yeah. So there's like crash zooms when Kevin Bacon is fighting with a little brother. Just just seem... Oh, there's all sorts. It's very aggressive, shaky cam bits that just just are way too much. Yes. And, oh, God. And there's it actually in that sequence in the multi-story car park, amongst all this really, really great directing, there's this one bird's eye view shot where Kevin Bacon is fighting with this, this bad guy. Yeah. And uh, it's a bird's eye view, and it spins round and round. Yeah, and it just gives like it, it gives you no sense of really what's going on, and it's just a weird. It just kind of feels like a director, yeah, throwing everything at the scene. He really did. He pulled out all the tricks there. So that on foot chase, yeah, uh, reminded me of something that happened to me when I was maybe sixteen or seventeen. I was out running uh, in Plymouth. Yeah, uh, but it was like quite late it's like nine or ten o'clock at night mm. but it's the usual route i used to do for plymouth aficionados it was by the penny come quick roundabout by the royal mail sorting office get on i was running past there and i swear a van screeched up next to me stopped and a gang of men jumped out the back and started running after me yeah i remember you telling me about this at the time fortunately i was completely limber <laughs> and warmed up because i've been running already for mm. a while so obviously i like <laughs> myself and like took off like i i've never run so fast i just remember just sprinting as hard as i could for a few minutes and then hiding somewhere yeah and then i had to when i got back i had to call the police and i felt like an idiot yeah. because the lady was like why are you calling and i was like uh, <laughs> some men in a van chased me <laughs> that's messed up and she was like right <laughs> And I was like, yeah, so I was by the roundabout and like a, a van pulled up and all these bad men got out and ran after me. But I ran faster and then I hid. <laughs> yeah, so she just thought you were phoning up to boast about how you'd outrun all these guys. Yeah, she thought I was, either thought I was BSing her or <laughs> that I was showing, bragging. So I said, anyway, I outran all of them because I was super limber. They were massive and they were really fast, uh, but I managed to go faster than them. Did I say that I was limber? Because I was soups limber. Obviously, that's awful. Mm. That was it's one of the things about these chases, though, that you see in films. Mm. I'm a pretty normal guy that looks like Kevin Bacon. Mm. There's no way I'd be able to keep up that kind of speed more than, say, a minute. Well, back then, I was right. If it happened now, I'd just be like, oh, just 
just do what you want. <laughs> I'm too tired. Garrett Headland, look, you're very handsome, um, and I can't run faster than you, so just just do what you want with me. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wrong. Yeah. Uh, j- just yeah, just take me out. Yeah. Not much better. No, no. Just just shoot me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's horrible. Though. So, if any of you are listening, if you have any leads on those bad men, I'd be really really glad to hear them so we finally get them you know what yeah i wonder if they had an did they have an anvil in the back of the van that's why they're running so slowly is because they're trying to carry an anvil as they chased me <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's the only reason so, i managed to, uh, to escape hang on so that means that many years later holy hell they threw an anvil at me probably thinking that i was you oh god i look nothing like you yeah, but... I don't like to speculate, but it, this is definitely a conspiracy. I was walking out of your house when I when it fell on my head. Jesus, it's all making sense. Right, violence. Mm. I, for one, love a bit of the movie violence. And mm-hmm. this film was criticised because of its gratuitous violence. But I feel like okay. violence in films should be shocking and horrible. Because violence in real life is shocking yeah. and horrible. So... You know, don't mm-hmm. sugarcoat it. Don't James Bond it. Oh, a bloodless death. That's a really good point. I think that is kind of glorifying violence. Yeah. Because James Bond will like lay waste to dozens of henchmen. And you don't come out of that Dozens of henchmen. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, really strapped guys. Oh, they're always strapped. Yeah. But like, he never goes on like a killing spree. And you go like, oh my God, what a psycho. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh my god, that guy's insane. He just like, did you hear that funny thing he said when he killed the last guy? I think if I was shot, Mm. I think I'd probably be like one of the James Bond henchmen or maybe a stormtrooper. Mm -hmm. I think I'd just die immediately. Okay. You probably more like Tim Roth in Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Like you just whine. Oh, 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 I'm oh, I'm dying. Oh no. Oh, I'm I'm actually a policeman. Oh, it would just go on and on and on. Yeah. Oh, James Cameron, I wish I'd made up with you. Oh god. So are you saying like that. that it's better to be so weak that you die immediately than to have a big like a robust resilience and and Absolutely. Give in. Bang. Don't It's it's just selfish. You're just Causing people a lot of unnecessary pain. That's interesting. I was talking to someone today yeah. in, it was a very mm. sociable setting, and we were talking about the COVID vaccine. Yes. And out of nowhere, he very seriously pitched this idea, which was, we shouldn't bother giving it to the old vulnerable people because they're going to die soon anyway. We just crack on with giving it to the younger people. Wow. Yeah, I didn't say that. I did not say that. What you said, I feel like it had similar energy, though. No. What you were saying. No, definitely not. Yeah. In a lot of ways, you're like that guy that you think old people should die. <laughs> no, I, I really don't. Do you remember at the beginning of the show yeah. when you were talking about how you hated old people and they should all die? <laughs> no, didn't say that. All I remember yeah. is you talking about how James Cameron was going to kill people. That I remember. Don't remember me saying what you said. That's a true fact. Mark my words, James Cameron will one day be arrested and prosecuted for the murder of his nephew or niece. You, on the other hand, are advocating not giving the COVID vaccine to old people because you hate them so much. Okay, number one, I didn't say that. Mm. Number two, an anvil dropped on my head. So Mm. anything I say... You know, I'm not in my right mind. You've gone full Gary Boosie. Yeah. Ever since your accident, you've not been right. You're right. You just say We've random things. We've had a things. fight about what heaven looks like. Yeah, you've kicked my wife in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I bit someone. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, that's not what I'm saying. It is kind of what you said. A lot of people are saying that you hate the elderly. <laughs> A lot of people are saying that. Yeah, I'm just using the Trump technique, which is I'm not going to provide a source. I'm just going to say <laughs> a lot of people are saying that you really hate old people and you think they should die. That's twice you've used Trump techniques and I'm a little concerned. Or it's the other time. You said that you would never admit that you were wrong about something. Correct, yeah. See, I, I do listen. Yeah. Well, I will never, I'm never standing down from this podcast. I'm, I will always be on it. Yeah, actually three, lying. Uh, you just lied about what I said about old people. So that's three Trump techniques. A lot, a lot, of, lot of people <laughs> are saying it. A lot of people have said it. A lot of good people. A lot of good... Oh, yeah, that's... It's like Donald yeah. Trump on the toilet. I mean, I would watch that. Mm, yeah, probably. So ultimately, after all this violence, Kevin Bacon gets shot in the neck and he mm. goes home and he sits on the sofa and he's got that black blood running from his mouth. And he reminded yes. me of the penguin from Batman Returns. Do you remember at mm -hmm. the end of that? And a cold yeah. glass of iced yeah, water. Yeah. And I was hoping that right at the end of Death Sentence, he would slump down dead. And then a couple of penguins would walk in <laughs> and drag him out of the house. But um, Yeah, that would, make, that would make perfect I sense. I think more animals in films like this would be good. You know the film Enchanted, where the woman whistles... Uh, <laughs> And all her animal friends come and clean up. Yeah. Kevin Bacon could have done that. And they could have cleaned up mm -hmm. all his murder scenes. That'd be like good. a little bird comes and picks up all the bits of brain from the floor. Or like a St. Bernard comes along. Yes. Instead of having a load of tobacco inside that little barrel. It's from those tiny little guns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Kevin Bacon whistling for a St. Bernard would be perfect. Righto. So we've had our nice chat about the film. It was nice, wasn't it? Now, are you going to flush this film like a bad poo that you never want to see again? Mm. Or fish it out and lacquer it and keep it as a beautiful trophy? Like some sort of taxidermy. Like some kind of like precious memory that you, you're unwilling to part with. I would fish out Death Sentence. I like Kevin Bacon's performance. I think it's quite exhilarating. I like that it doesn't encourage vigilante violence. So yeah, I would fish it out and I'd probably put it maybe just in a drawer next to my bed when I, you know, ever so often I'd open the drawer and, and, and smell it yeah. and <laughs> it'll remind me and then I'd close the drawer again. What about you? I think I would flush this film. You're not ready! <laughs> I'm not ready. Oh, I remember watching this film, the pictures, and really enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking at the time, th feeling like it had been unfairly panned because it didn't get great reviews. <laughs> no. But I was quite shocked at how cliched it was. And, and I take your point about the B-moviness of it. But I think Bacon, he gives it his all. I think he's a great actor, but I feel like the material he's got is not particularly good. I think you've got to have a bad guy who's super believable and just sort of chills you. Yeah. And it didn't have that. No. And I just thought the transition was a bit too clunky from like meek office worker to like a bloke stalking a warehouse with a shotgun. Yeah. So yeah, I was, I was kind of surprised because I, I remember loving it, but I'm afraid I think I would flush this. Okay. Well, that's fine. I accept your flush. So all that's left is for us to pick next week's movie. And in order to do that, we are going to guess each other's top five bald characters in movies. Cool. That's right. So we will take it in turns to guess each other's top five. We'll have three guesses each and whoever gets the most at the end chooses next week's film and duplicate characters must be declared. 
There are rules to this game. Yeah, don't mess around. Yeah. Yeah, and the loser has to sleep on their bathroom floor for a night. They do, Eamon. So last week you lost. How did that go? Yeah, it wasn't very good. So <laughs> we have an inflatable mattress, yeah. like a sleeping bag thing. So what I thought would be a good idea was to sleep in a bathtub. Ah. Actually, we don't have a very big bathtub. Right. So it gives you the sensation of suffocating. <laughs> because Did it just fold you're the just mattress being, onto you? Yeah, it's, the mattress folds around. So you feel like a little bit like a hot dog, I suppose. Yeah. You feel like the way a hot dog might. Yeah. With the sleeping bag being the onions. And then the ketchup would be a few scatter cushions yes. that I put on top. Yeah. And then the mustard would be... Your urine. The big piss I did in the middle of the night. The mustard came when you wet yourself. And you're the big wiener, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, the big wet wiener. <laughs> yeah. Once I'd done a big wee on myself. Anyway, so I would rather not do that again this week. All right, well, you know, get things right and then you won't have to. So yeah, top five bald characters, yo. You can go first. So this is duplicate. Um, I'm going to say Don Logan from Sexy Beast. Yeah, you got that one. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Terrifying. So good. Yeah. If he'd have been in Death Sentence, that would have been quite exciting. Yeah, he's a brilliant baddie. He's he's really, really good at it. Well, well done. You've got one. So now it's my turn. Yes. Okay, I'm going to go with Riddick. Oh, from Pitch Black. Yes. God, no. Do you know what? I didn't even think of him, but that's a really, that is a really good one. Ah, good. So you would have thought of him if you took... Fine. Brilliant. Yeah. Good it doesn't guess. count, though. The best Vin Diesel film, Pitch Black, do you think? Yeah, Pitch Black's a great film. Great. Yeah. So that's that's legit. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, right, let's see. Oh, I'm going to say Nosferatu, the bald vampire. No. Ripley. No. Hyman. I would put Ripley down, but I felt like I was getting too obvious with my picks, with at least three of them each week being from Alien. You are lame. I did actually, I thought this was unfair, so the reason I didn't put it down, but I was going to put down Pete Postlethwaite, yeah. who's in Alien 3. Yeah, that would have, that's the sort of choice I would make. It is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was this uh, Iranian <laughs> black and white film from 1953. Yeah, it was really popular. <laughs> It was populated by uh, bald people. You've not heard of it. Oh, that's really good. Did your younger, cooler brother say that to you? Because that didn't sound like an impression of me. Yeah, it doesn't sound like an impression of you. No, he knows a lot about films as well, doesn't he? Is it my turn? <laughs> yes, and this yeah. is getting terrifying now. Okay, so I'm going to say this is a duplicate. John Doe from Seven. No, he's a great character. Okay, oh God. All right, okay, well, if you don't get this next one, then you are, you are sleeping in the toilet, son. Okay. Oh, it's a choice between two. I'm going to go with Furiosa from Mad Max. Incorrect. Ah, uh, oh, no. Oh, no. I don't want to sleep in the toilet. <gasps> I don't want to sleep in the toilet. Yeah. Oh. Have you not got any women on your list? No. Oh, well, that says a lot more about you than it does about mm. me, doesn't it? Eamon hates women, but I'm sleeping in the toilet. Isn't That's fair. Well. Maybe she went advocating yeah. the murder of uh, old people. People might feel sorry for you. Oh, God. Whoop. Well, I hope you enjoy that. Well done. Yeah. Well done, mate. Good for you. That's the first time you've won, isn't it? Second time. First, first time. <laughs> that bloody anvil. It's <laughs> wreaking so much havoc. Yeah, gave that one to him on a plate, didn't I? Because yeah. he had to win... One time. I've really shot myself in the foot here. I tightened the rules and I've lost. So, yeah, film set on the boat. I'm going to choose one that's set at the bottom of the ocean. Does that count? They're not even, they're not even in a submarine. James Cameron liked it. He wrote me a letter about it. He was really pleased. Oh, yeah, but he, 
he's a psychopath at the winning lead. <laughs> no! Oh, you God! Did it again! Oh, amen. Damn it. Oh, I can't believe it. Mm. Well, there's always next week. So what was the other characters you chose? Oh, yeah. So there's John Doe yeah. from Seven and Don Logan yeah. from Sexy Beast. The other ones were Yule Brinner in Westworld, the gunslinger. Oh, yeah. yeah. Butch Coolidge in Pulp Fiction. Then uh, Colonel Katz. Oh, that was who I was going to guess instead of Furiosa. Okay, who are yours? I had Don Logan, Chev Chelios. Mm. Uh, I had Pinhead, who's got all them all them nails in his head, isn't he? Yeah, so is he bald then? Yes, he's bald. So if I shave all my hair off and mm. hammer nails into my head, mm. I'm not bald. Right, yeah. That's not got, his hair. You've got nails in you. It's nails. I think they're kind of they're like quasi-hair though, aren't they? No, yeah. they're not. It's not hair. Okay. I'm not... Dick Colloran. Who's that? Scatman Crothers, Shining. Oh, okay. Oh, God, I never would have guessed that. Okay. And Akoyi from Black Panther, hmm. who is his lady guard with the spear, who is awesome and badass. Okay, so I get the privilege of choosing the next film. Yes, you do. So this week I've chosen the 1992 film Alien 3. Oh! Directed by David Fincher. People either say they like the first one or the second one, but generally speaking, there's a lot of love for both. And then after that, people tend to not really like any of the other ones. Yeah. And Alien 3, despite having David Fincher as the director, is one of those. So I'd be super interested to see what your thoughts on that are. Yeah, I mean... I haven't seen Alien 3 for a long time. I'm up for it. I'm going to reserve judgment until I've watched it while I'm spending the night in the toilet. Yeah. My toilet is separate to the bathroom, so I actually have a very small space in which to spend the night. So I'm really not looking forward to that at all. Good. Well, welcome to my world. Maybe I can work through some memories and figure out who dropped that anvil on my head all those years ago. My advice is to start tattooing memories onto your body. I think that goes well, doesn't it? Yeah, it goes really well. Mm, That sounds like a great idea. What will I tattoo first? Grave Van. Grave Van. Amen. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to write your name on my body, and then when I wake up in the morning, and I'll it'll know who be it was. underneath yeah. the tattoo you already have of a couple of elderly people with a big red cross through them. Uh, that's just slightly above the massive tattoo I have of your brother <laughs> on my stomach. Yeah. When I do my belly dancing, he talks to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so much cooler than your best friend. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. We are on the socialness. Mm -hmm. We've got the Instagrams. We've got the Twitter. Uh, Our handles are at films on toilet um, because other things were taken. Hmm. So if you think of it in the voice of Arnold Schwarzenegger, at films on toilet, should be able to remember it. Facebook's different because they don't let you use the word toilet. So just search for watching films on the toilet if you want to. Mm -hmm. And we'll be there as well. And you can tell us what you thought of our episode and the others. And, you know, just have a chat. Don't be rude to Eamon on Twitter because he will not back down from an argument. And it will probably end badly for you and this podcast. So I'd rather you didn't. I'm notoriously thin-skinned. Much like the skin of a wiener sausage. But delicious inside. (laughs) Just like like me. (laughs) Lovely. So, yeah, take good care of yourselves. Eamon. Sign us off. Keep flushing. Until next time. <laughs>